Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, man. So you're in Boston right now, eh? Up in Beantown. Beantown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what was it like? What, what was it like growing up in Boston or at least close in, in proximity of Boston? Was it, was it a good thing? Was it like. I, I, can't, I can't say I grew up here. I came here ah. uh, when I was older. I came here for, uh, for school. Oh, nice. So, Where'd you go? Uh, I, I went to Berkeley. I came came here to go to Berkeley. I, I knew it was something fancy. I knew it was something know, fancy. You know, the, if you're going to Boston for school, it's something fancy. Didn't plan to uh, stay, but, you know, <laughs> everything changes, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So you went to Berkeley for music. That's that's a, incredible. Um, was there any notable folks there when you were um, attending? That, that you yeah, de- definitely. Um, who is it? Nikki Gillespie. Wow. Um, uh, who else was there? Rustlins wrote a couple, couple, yeah. They're big like LA cats now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Touring around the world with all kinds of people. Yeah, and, doing the thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, family still, you know, it's 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 great to uh to to come from such a rich musical tradition. <laughs> what what did you have that in your family? Um, do you come from a, a musical family? Not even. I mean, <laughs> honestly, uh, I mean, I do. I do. My mother introduced playing piano, but they never obviously wanted me to take this as a career. <laughs> but, <laughs> I feel you, bro. To their, to their, to their dismay. But, what? but not, not even. No, they, they understand at this point. Oh, but, I'm uh, sure. I mean, you're still doing it. I mean, at some point, they got to be like, well, he's still doing it and he's not asking us for money. So, like... <laughs> Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and and um, my my wife actually is a professor at Berkeley, so I'm oh, like wow. Berkeley through and through. And oh, man. you know, we're, you know, our 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 uh, family is musically based. We got two little boys. Aww. They're coming up in the tradition, you know, playing. Yeah. And they get to see us, uh, you know, play festivals and shows, and and um, yeah, you know, just like family thing. Yeah, Boston. It ended up being home. So here. Here I am. Oh, Naders doesn't know what Bean Town is. Naders, it, it's uh, Boston, buddy. It's Boston. <laughs> He's like, what is Bean Town? <laughs> uh, isn't it like Boston baked beans or something like that? Though? I don't know. I think it has to do with the coffee. Isn't that right? Oh, there you go. That could be something. Else. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Why is Boston called Bean Town. This is this is gonna bother me if I don't know. It refers to the famous regional dish of Boston baked beans. There you go. There you I, go. You know, I, I've been here long enough. I guess all that stuff starts to you know just <laughs> seep into your head. Let's go. It's in your bones. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's Boston molasses town. Okay. Well, yeah, right. There's the big. The oh big, yeah, uh, that's right. A long time ago in Charlestown. In Charlestown, the Shrafts building thing collapsed and like swallowed up people and horses and cows and i i remember i remember that story like that that's crazy yeah it was just a bunch of hot molasses flowing through the streets and stuff right yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, talk about a sticky situation all right that's that was dumb <laughs> and i got i got so i can't even read my own goddamn sample thing hold on okay you know what we're moving on so your your parents wasn't weren't uh weren't thrilled about you what what did your parents do what what, what were they into growing up yeah, my, my, they were in the medical profession my dad was a <sighs> doctor my mom was a nurse you know and yes actually i was going down that road actually i have a degree in chemistry before i even went to berkeley and oh, i worked in it for a while so Right I tried on. many different things, had different lives, yeah. uh, but ended up in, in a good situation in music here and, and just kind of eventually uh, gravitated to, you know, I guess where where where, where my comfort zone is or, or, or where my happiness is. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. So wh- when you were attending Berkeley, what was your main course of study? Uh, music synthesis. So it was... In those days, this is back in 2001, mm. uh, when 
the whole digital recording started really taking off and Pro Tools had come out and they had their like M boxes and portable um, recording gear became available. Yeah. Um, so I was really interested in that. And that, that actually, you know, came really into play a lot when I actually ended up going to Jamaica and voicing artists and, and doing a uh, different thing. Oh yeah, so, man. Those, that, those are going to pop up. You could just, just work right through those. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> just work right through it. They're just, thank you so much for that sub, uh, uh, Naders. Naders, thank you so much for gifting Samo that, that sub. I appreciate you, my friends. Thank you so much. And welcome Samo. It's good to see you, my friend. Samo is going to be on stream on Friday. So I'm looking forward to that conversation, but yeah. So, so you went into the recording side of things, right? then yeah yeah mm. I, I just kind of uh gravitated towards that just the technology side of it because i already came from the whole it world oh okay i was in like consulting so i was like you know i might as well kind of build off what i have oh. even though i'm like to laterally get another bachelor's degree and not a bachelor's degree <laughs> well but you know we got to take you know step backwards sometimes and and to move forward yeah, absolutely. Oh, th that's interesting. So you were already involved in IT and, and going down that path and you decided to sort of s switch it up? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was playing music the whole time. Uh-huh. And I'm and sorry, I, where, are you the drummer or the bassist? Yeah, I'm the drummer. Drummer. Okay, okay. I was like, right. and we say uh, is the other Nate the bassist? Nate the bassist. Okay, okay, cool, cool. It's like the the rhythm section, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Um, the heart and soul, baby. Yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, what were you saying? Technology and music and and yeah, I just threw it all in a blender basically, mm -hmm. and and was like, well, you know, can't. I was doing a lot of playing, a lot of performing, a lot of reggae, mm. uh, a lot of lot of. Yeah, I spent some time in Ethiopia, oh, playing no. and and uh, worked a lot with Ethiopian artists and African artists. Oh. Uh, some Haitian artists and so I've always been like gravitated towards like. Uh, the African diaspora and reggae and all its permutations and, and kind of different forms. And uh, yeah, so finally being able to go to school and, and, and learn music and, you know. <laughs> Naders wants to let you know that uh, if you guys need another Nate, he'll be your professional roller. I know. You keep saying Naders and I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> no, he's, he's in chat. He's in chat. He's somebody and he just wanted to let you know that if, if you guys are hiring a professional blunt roller or joint roller, that he yeah, will yeah, be yeah. your person. <laughs> so let him know. Three Nates. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, so so when you, because you guys got this remaster out, you, you re-released re -re um, yeah. the Naya yeah. sound system, which amazingly, you got Johnny Clark on there, Frankie Paul, who's not, no longer with us. Uh, big youth, and and then you even worked with Clinton Ferron, and, and I mean these are legends, you know. Like, um, how did you end up uh, linking up with these guys? I mean, those, that's pretty awesome that you're able to link up and and put out music with these folks. Yeah, I guess again, just kind of my curiosity and my 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 love for this music, you know, drew me to Jamaica, mm. and I ended up. Uh, uh, going there and and first as a drummer like so really like I was like hey, I want to get a gig I want to play yeah. you know with with uh with with the band and and to be honest uh, my very first trip to Jamaica I auditioned for Damian Marley so it was like <laughs> so it's like the, <laughs> is that like what took you there what yeah that's what took me there the okay. first time okay. obviously it didn't work out if you got another drummer but <laughs> but, but but I I knew there was something more so maybe that was a good thing because then it really made me jump into the production world mm -hmm. and uh i ended up meeting um earl chinna smith uh down the line and you know his world is that his whole house is that the whole end of the yard scene and and um started recording on the veranda actually the frankie paul tune we recorded in his living room wow a couple uh other of the artists as well oh, shit so, that's incredible and you're just like hanging out with them like oh that is so cool man so so you went to jamaica to to go try out for damien but that didn't work out so you ended up just staying i, I know i just took my own you know figured it out and i was like i'm gonna go down 
I'm going to rent a room and wow. I'm just going to, I just, I just kind of, kind of, I don't know, felt like, yeah, there was something more for me there. Mm. And I have a funny enough. So I went down with, with, you know, music with the idea of recording as well as, you know, trying to play drums for, for, for someone down there. So, mm. um, but I ended up, you know, taking something something crazy like 25 trips in in six years or something like that i, I, I was down there quite often <laughs> i see i see so you were you were making a presence okay yeah that's yeah, yeah. that's really cool so what was it that drew you to reggae music in the first place yeah i mean i got my first reggae records probably in like fourth or fifth grade uh bob marley's babylon by bus Peter Tosh is one in general life. And yeah, ever since then, I was like, this is really good. This resonates with me. I think I want to be a Rasta man <laughs> when I grow up. Hell yeah. So, Wait, did, so, you ever, uh, did you ever get into like the, the religious aspect of, of Rastafari? I mean, I just, if, funny enough, like I, I said, I'd gone to Ethiopia. So mm. I'd even seen it from that side wow. of the coin, you know, and, and, um, you know who Haile Selassie is, and who he represents not only to Jamaicans and Rastafarians, but to Ethiopians, mm -hmm. right? That's that's a whole other other uh, view uh, viewpoint of of the thing. And and but, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. Um, but yeah, I was just saying it. Just uh, you know, for for me, I, I would say I'm not a religious person. I'm mm -hmm. a spiritual person. So whether it's Ja or Buddha or Krishna or Jesus or mm. you know Allah or you know I'll call on all of them. <laughs> yeah, know, well, so. that's the thing, right? Like these religions, they have something to teach, and uh, you know, right now everybody's like sort of smashing and dunking on Christianity. It seems like it's an open field, and you know, I'm not a big Christian or anything. Uh, I just uh, there are aspects to Christianity. I think there's valuable lessons in these writings that I think that people can really learn on. And I know that people are equating like Christianity with all this political stuff that's going on currently, but it's still, there is, fundamentally, there are some beautiful things in there. Like, I mean, thou shall not kill, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty dope, right? Like, don't, you know, don't, don't covet your, your, your neighbor's wife. Like, you know, hey, don't go slanging dick around. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not like that. So I, I, there is a, there is value in in all these writings and to dismiss any one of them i just feel like is i don't know you're just i guess it's it's not all bad and not all good at the end of the day right you exactly. gotta you gotta always sort it out and Absolutely. figure out you know and where the truth lies for you could be different for where the truth lies for me and everybody else and absolutely absolutely no and that's man that's the hardest thing about right now is having conversations about these certain topics like people are so either afraid or it makes people angry about it and and that's unfortunate because i feel like just having these conversations being able to find something uh in someone else you find yourself in someone else you know what i mean because essentially we're all one right if we right, right, break right. it down so there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to communicate with each other and, and have a conversation. Um, I, I don't know. Have you have you ran into any problems just communicating? I mean, you live in a college town, so uh, or at least you're very close yeah, to this but, college. You know, Boston's very very interesting place. It's old, right? As yeah. far as part of the country, Absolutely. we're talking like this is where this right. is where shit started. Right. Right? This, this is where yeah. This is like. Where, yeah. where they like lit the torch and said, yo, we're, let's become America. So there's a certain energy here from that. Yeah. Right. And just kind of like it, the, the country exploded from there. And there's a certain amount of tradition here from that and pride mm. that's here. Right. Yeah. Which people, you know, might equate to, to like a racist, a racially based pride. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's who the fathers of this country were. Right. Mm -hmm. They were white european men so Absolutely. so you know having having people come in from outside and move into boston which is like every city in america there's a big influx mm -hmm. you know you have this old and new clash mm -hmm. and 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 within the, like i said you know i try not to to blur too many things or you know this is racism or not racism but there's a pride the nationalism tends to 
to fall on the, under those lines as well. Hmm. And, and if you're on the, you know, wrong side of the street or wrong side of the coin, you know, which, which I'm definitely coming in from the outside, you hmm. know, I, I'm the visitor in this situation. Uh, yeah, I've, I've felt unwelcomed. Mm, yeah yeah i've heard that uh that 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 city could be very segregated and um and and still holds like a sort of a certain mentality uh what sucks is that you know another thing that sucks about like national pride is like I, i'm i'm actually really proud to be american i'm not proud of everything that america has done but like to be able to express ourselves freely and what we've contributed to the world as an art, you know, I think is beautiful. So uh, it, it sucks that, you know, that there's this idea that you can't be a proud American and, uh, you know, still be be very critical because I'm very hypercritical of the government. There, we, we've done horrible things, and, and, you know, like it, I, I'm very critical. <laughs> but I also recognize that we've led the way in some very beautiful things as well. And I just I feel like what happens is that the, the baby gets thrown out with the bathwater, you know what I mean? And there and people just sort of I remember hearing this lady was like, I went up to this part and there was American flags everywhere. And I felt like I was going to be murdered because all of a sudden the American flag represented, you know, uh, hate. And, and that's that's wild how much we've become detached from our, our country in such a way that we 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 can't even look at the flag without some people being offended or or feel uh feel you know the years of, of of oppression coming down on them so which is very sad and and i feel for those people too you know what i mean i'm not like oh that dumb lady you know you know that's coming from somewhere right that's coming from some experience right, that this right. person has had and that's yeah. so sad that this person had to experience that to get to that conclusion yeah yeah and 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 that somehow is exclusive yeah, but like it's the melting pot at the same time. Right, There's like a very very no no kind no of like slippery slope. No, you're absolutely right though. You're absolutely yeah. right. It, it it's it's uh it's a lot for some and none for the other. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. a, a, and the way things are can be segregated in these cities and the history of redlining and all that stuff. I mean oh, that yeah. all compiles into something. You know what I mean? That doesn't just go away. These you know it's. Yeah. So, so I absolutely understand where people are coming from when they feel like they that they they don't have a country that really is behind them, and in my head, like I feel like the country is not behind anybody, but like the rich, well, anyways. I mean, again, yeah, it's kind of based on a, on a you know, every man for himself, so to speak. It I mean, is. we we want to you know take care of our neighbors and be mm -hmm. be attentive of people around us, but for most part everyone's just running their race you know here yeah and, and that's 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 life in america you know and yeah when you travel abroad you know and everyone's like oh we want to go to america you guys like hang out and like you know just pick money from trees it doesn't quite work that way because whatever money we pick from the trees goes right back into something else you right. know and 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 faster than you then you can pick it yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, it, it is interesting, though, how much people want to still come here with all the problems we have. People still want to be here. When you were out like in Ethiopia and stuff, what what were like some of the differences that you felt in, in um, you know, being being especially being an American? Are, are you an American? Are you originally from America? I, I'm a first generation American. Yeah. Cool. I was born born here. My my Mother's from the Philippines. Oh, heck yeah. And my father was from Sri Lanka. Oh, that's dope. Heck so, yeah. Yeah. So I'm an islander, you know, just kind of, oh, yeah. that, that's why I kind of identify myself, you know, Pacific Islander. For sure. Uh, Asian kind of, kind of, um, back, background, uh, because the question always comes up. So where are you from? <laughs> you know, but where? <laughs> I say, oh, I'm from Philadelphia or Allen, you know, I was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania. You know, yeah. That really has nothing to do with, you know, I guess where I'm from. Yeah, man. No, my mom. Just, just the location. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. For sure, where your roots are from, man. Where where you're rooted at, and yeah, I, I, I my mom is from Mexico. She had to get uh, she had to get a, 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 a what do you call it? 
she she's an American citizen now. She had to get her citizenship. She had a green card. And yeah, go. she had a green card for many years, and she had to go and take the test, and now she's American, you know? So I, I understand that, that mentality, especially the, <clears throat> uh, you know, immigrant mentality, too. Um, and, and so it, that makes a lot more sense when you say, when you said your parents weren't thrilled about you going into music, <laughs> because I know what that is, man. Hey, yeah. I know what that is, because they came here first for you to go and be something and, more than yeah. what they thought could happen where they were from. And, yeah. and, uh, and then you decided to be an artist. Yeah. <laughs> you basically decided to just shit all over their dream. Uh, but, but. Not to mention all my aunts and uncles and cousins, <laughs> yes. second cousins. They're all doctors now too. Anyway. So uh, hey, yo, I, I, I it, yeah. It, it, but that's the, uh, that's the artist's life. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't wish I was doing anything other than this. Like I, I, I truly enjoy what I do. Are you full-time musician or do you, do you yeah, say? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm doing this I'm I'm producing music, uh, performing live. Uh, actually, um, Clinton called me, uh, the end of, uh, September and, uh, or beginning of September and he needed some some drumming help and then I flew out there and did a bunch of dates <laughs> with him on the West Coast. So Hell yeah. Kinda, you know, um <clears throat> still performing but actually really trying to get into the production mode mm. and um writing a lot more music and and uh <clears throat> hoping to take another uh trip to Jamaica probably maybe in February, but <clears throat> definitely in July. Yeah. Um probably, probably gonna head down there. Um, been working with the Alpha Institute. Hmm. Down there. I don't know if you know that the Alpha Boys School. I don't. I don't. It's kind of the birthplace of ska. It's where Don Drummond went and Lloyd Nib and okay. and where uh, Sister Ignatius taught all the er early Scottalites how to play horns. Oh, that's dope. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I think so. So last couple of years of going there, I've been trying to do some work, and since my wife is a songwriting professor at Berkeley, we're going to try to do some songwriting workshops oh, down there and, uh, and and link that up and record a whole bunch of uh, new new music on rhythms as well oh <laughs> yeah oh cool. yeah that's that's so awesome that your wife is a so she's a professor of, of songwriting yeah wow how does she approach a song like uh, to write a song how how i mean i don't know if, how much you know about how she teaches or whatever but, but I, mean, yeah, I know a lot about <laughs> well yeah no me too my wife is a voice teacher so like you know you pick shit up over the years yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what what no, what we have you learned okay what what have you learned from her in the in in that realm of songwriting but more just the approach of of you know, I think what she teaches best is, you know, how not to get stuck when yes. you're writing a song, right? So mm -hmm. it's to have all these tools that like, oh, you know, you can't like get on one line, all of a sudden the whole song like falls apart in your mind. So oh, yeah. you have to, you know, be able to pull out your your this or that, you know, off your tool belt and, and fix that thing and then keep going or or put a little, uh, you know, placeholder, the whole mm -hmm. idea of placeholders and and you know, you don't have to, you know, write the whole thing yeah. completely in one shot, you know, right. the whole idea of editing, you know, is, is, and it's funny because, you know, when I collaborate and I work with a lot of different artists and singers, there's a varying amount of openness and resistance towards that process, mm. you know, and, and, and everybody had, you know, songs are very personal, yeah. you know, some, and sometimes people are like, yeah, you know, it's got to be like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. Uh, I, I I do understand that. Um, it, it, I mean, personally, in in my in the way that I work is just like okay, let's just do it, you know. Because like I I feel like if I am collaborating with somebody, I'm just not that I'm giving up something, you know. I'm I'm I, I'm I, I try to take the ego out of it as far as I can because I I if you do commit to working with somebody you want it to be as open as free as you can without any because you know how you could if you're collaborating with someone you never even met or, or or a new artist or something there's always that little wall to get past right and it's best to try to get past those walls as soon as possible just so you guys can get to the the heart of what you're trying to do as collaboration 
how how are you in that? Do you uh, do you find yourself kind of sticking to your guns on certain aspects, or are you a bit more open and and? No, I, I'm I'm kind of open. I mean, I, I like the. Uh, it's funny we do a thing here. You know, I do a lot of production now at home where. You know, we, we're upstairs where there's an acoustic piano and and like acoustic guitars and cajon, and we do all the writing upstairs. Mm. And then when we're ready to actually, make, you know, cut a demo, we come downstairs and there's, you know, we have every, everything kind of dialed in with the drum set and the organ and oh, and, yes. and the bass and everything. So Love so that. we can get the whole band thing going. So it's kind of a, you know, I like to separate the two things. Some people. I guess you know the the greatest would be a rock scene to be a rock star and just re write in the studio and have somebody record everything yeah, I want. Yeah, unlimited to money to just all the best stuff at the end of the day and say, "Hey, this is what you did." Yeah, yeah. But but if you're going to be the one to do it, you better have a good process that's kind of streamlined, so you, so you don't you know. That's like people that you know early on doing video and they shoot so much video instead of just what they need right. and then have to like spend all this time like oh you gotta actually go through all that content now yeah. Yeah. edit it so you're not using your time very wisely oh my god that was the hardest part for me on video editing was learning how to organize my footage and, and learning how to shoot what you need and not just exactly what you're saying man. because like in in those early days hours and hours and hours <laughs> what are you doing like I wasn't labeling things. I wasn't doing any. I wasn't. Oh God, it was just terrible. But now that that's a big part of, uh, you know, what I do, it's like if I didn't have my organization, and I'm sure it's not even like great, but it works for me. So <laughs> if anybody else tried to come into the project, they'd be like, "What is happening here?" But for my ADHD bite, that's how it works. But you know, I, I think that's the the essence of every artist is is uh, finding how they work, like what's their workflow, and like um, pinpointing those moments when inspiration comes. And it, 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 like I like the idea that you sort of work things out upstairs, and you know, oh, you yeah, can, we create a vibe. Yeah, the kitchen's there. We can eat. We right. can, you know, like just take care of yourself more. Mm. Yeah. Instead of having this, all right, we're going to write a song now. Ready? Ooh. One, two, three, oh, go. That's... Like, that doesn't work. Oh, you my know? God. And, that just... and, and it's true. Like, you know, there's the big recording studios that those things are, are where the song's finished more yeah. than necessarily where they're created. Right? I think they said Thriller was created in some um, apartment in the Bronx or something like that. Wow, I didn't that know Quincy that. rented for... Like uh, I probably it's Queens of the Bronx, one of those boroughs, and mm. had a cute, had an upright piano in it, and that's yeah. where that's they would go there, and that's where they would go meet and do their thing, you know. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, making that vibe, creating a vibe is definitely where it's at. Um, man, Michael Jackson, Quincy Jones, those are just incredible people. Uh, I, have you ever heard uh, the the acapella versions of like Bad and stuff, where he's just doing all the parts himself with his vocals? No, well, like before, like the before the, yeah, yeah, ideas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and he's just like, and then I'm going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then he's just, doo -doo -doo -doo. he's like, yeah, he's doing the bass line, <laughs> he's like beatboxing the drums. It's like, he's like, damn. Yeah, yeah. He, he just yeah. had such a, man, he was just such a master at all that stuff. So Those are inspirations, man. Work with yeah. artists like that, that just kind of like just take over. And, and yeah. you know, as someone, you know, I see myself, you know, as as a producer, as much as an artist, that's where I would take the producer seat and be like, all right, here we go. Here's the mic. Here's, you know, here are your headphones. How do they sound? You know, you need any tea, wine, herb, you yeah. know? Yeah, make this happen, Kevin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With your production, was production always a part of your journey? I mean, obviously, you went and learned how to do some of this stuff, but I mean, like, since college and since you learned that information has, has production always been a part of it or has it been more of an engineer going into production no i think it was really production based but I've, i i took tangents like where you know i do live sound for a while or mm -hmm. i went on the road and did sound for a couple artists and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm not into that. That's feel not, you, dude. No, I'm not trying to do that. So yeah, I realized, all right, if, we're going, if I'm going to do the engineering, well, I'm going to keep it 
in in the studio yeah you know unless obviously you know that's where you know the naya rockers is, is you know a backing band so i have to put out tech writers and all kinds yeah. of things for festivals and stage plots or whatnot right. so i can cover a couple a couple ends on, on on that you know wear a couple hats yeah. and and be able to communicate with the engineer and be like hey yeah you we need this many di's and this many this and this many that yeah and, and stuff like that so mm -hmm. I, I mean it's it's i find like the engineering is is there's a part of it in every segment of the music whether it's live or recording so any knowledge of it can always help you know Absolutely. either recording it or performing it live you know because your yeah. approach to it becomes like yeah you you get that there's microphones and that's what you're projecting into yeah. or recording into yeah I, I think that's a i think that you know i know not every musician knows that but i feel like these days with how the music industry is built I mean, like you, I mean, record deals just sounds horrible at this point, but like, you know, like you basically have to do it all yourself up to the point of getting a record deal. You know what I mean? So like, what the hell is the even point of these record companies anymore, other than to just sort of take a piece of what you've already built for yourself and you have to build it and, and. So I, I feel like if you're a musician, an independent artist who isn't wearing several hats then i don't know how you're gonna get anywhere i mean there are people obviously out there who just sort of land some amazing deal that you know falls from the heavens but i mean those those are very rare those are very very rare yeah and i, I don't know anyone else in any kind of position that i'm in or similar position that doesn't have to you know, yeah. wear several hats all the time and, and are basically multitasking your career, you yeah. know? And yeah. if you, if you, if you can't, and, and the people that aren't that are independently wealthy and they can pay for everything. So there's two, there's two camps, yeah. you know, you can, you can live in, you know, I suppose, but um, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. If you have the money to just sort of have everyone else do it for you, like more power to you. I mean, honestly, that, that, that's ideal because all those other things, although they do inform like the business side, I don't know how much of the artistic side, I mean, obviously there's it. No, it, it does influence all sides of it, but it, it's like, I feel like when you're sending emails all day to try to book tours and, and you're doing this and you have to go and like shoot some video or something and like, but at the end of the day, whatever your medium is, if it's music or, or even if it's painting or whatever it is, like, I feel like you're being pulled away from it to go do these, do the business uh, yeah, side of it. Of you course, know I mean? of course. So, it, so ideally, yeah, let's fund this. <laughs> let's get some funders. And so all I have to figure out is how to do this. But I find personally that I enjoy all these aspects and it's fun. I don't enjoy doing sound for bands. I'm so with you on that. Cause <laughs> I don't, it's the bottom of the barrel for engineering. I mean, it, it, that's it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You're I, the first one there and you're the last one to leave. leave. You're and just... people want to yell at you the whole time. Any more in the monitor. Any more in the monitor. It's, like, dude, it's blasting. Good night. They're like, the band sounded great. <laughs> And you know why? No, the band <laughs> sounded great. <laughs> they yeah. were on fire. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's just it's You're not an unsung hero. Yeah, it is. It truly I, is. It truly yeah. is. Just like bleh. Uh, but you know, I, we need all all of them. You know, we yeah, need no, those thank, people, thank right? God, there are people that want to do it. Exactly. Are great at it. Exactly. Because when I encounter one as well, you know, being on the other side. You know, I always am the first to be like, "Yeah, thank you so much for God, paying yes. attention." <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah, because for, for actually being there when, when you know, I, you know, I was looking for you. Right. You know, and, right. and that's important. That goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just for just for some people might not know, uh, some uh, some uh, sound guys will get you dialed in, kind of, and then just walk away and start drinking or <laughs> go outside and smoke and or like whatever it is. They just they're gone, and you're just. It, something's feeding back and doesn't matter it's 
because because volumes, levels, things change throughout a performance, and if someone's not there to kind of catch those levels and catch that shit, it, it just it all falls apart very quickly. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not really into that, but but it, I, I'm good at it. It's just that I don't want to do that. Um, what what made you want to do like the the re remaster? That that's interesting to me. That I, you you know I I relaunched the label mm -hmm. this year. Naya and, Records. Uh, yeah, and and kind of what you you played uh, in the beginning of the show, where, where the two singles, uh, the Clinton Ferron "Guiding Star" and the Blackmore "Shine," and then Naya Sound System, um, we wanted to get something in be before the end of the year. And I really, you know, when I released this back in um, I think two thousand nine, uh, just what wasn't not two thousand nine? What did I do? It's two thousand fourteen. Um, it's actually uh, the birth of my second son, and and you know I just didn't have you know I'm, I'm running the budget on a drummer's budget. <laughs> you know it's kind of like yeah. it's 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 rough out there, you know, and uh, and I kind of had to just kind of switch direction, and be like you know the label is a label I can afford to do so much. Um, I wasn't traveling to Jamaica as much anymore at that point because I was really focused on. Uh, the family up here and, and uh, we moved into a house in Medford. So it was a lot of um, yeah. kind of settling in. So, so, so to speak. Um, but uh, you know, once the end of the year came, I was like, let's put this out again because it's great. And it, it, I, some of my, you know, the work that it took for me to do it was, was tremendous, yeah, you know, between, between getting the artists and, establishing the relationships and then getting the songs and then you know and then kind of the whole process that uh i was like yeah you know second time around let's let's give it a bang you know let's let's make it a rock and and uh actually we're, we're having a mad professors remixing the johnny clark track reggae train nice so that'll be coming out next year and and a couple other things spin-offs of the of the record so Okay, so did you end up doing the remaster yourself then? No, I didn't. I used um, this guy, uh, Jason Jocko Randall. He hmm. was uh, he works out of um, More Sound Studio in Syracuse, oh, right New on. York. I know him uh, via he was uh, John Brown's Body's live engineer mm. for a long time. Oh, those so, guys are incredible. They're they're out of Baltimore. Is that right? No, they're Boston Ithaca. Oh, they, really? Really? Yeah. John Brown Body? I, I thought they were Baltimore. Yeah. Why did I? Which actually, the other Nate, the Nate Edgar, was <laughs> John Brown's Body's last bass player for, <laughs> for many years. That's so cool, man. Yeah. No, I, it's wild. Those guys have been around. They have been kicking around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. No, big yeah. up Tommy Betty Daddy lives in, you know, the drummer lives in Boston a long time. Okay. And, uh, you know, they, they hold a uh, uh, Sunday night residency in. And uh, so at Sally O'Brien, still Dub Apocalypse. So it's like all the kind of family of them, contingents of of uh, John Brown's body, and and all the offshoots, the Boston reggae scene. They uh, they want to know if you know the Mighty Mighty Boston's. The Mighty Mighty, you know, I I do not. And, mm. and through Boston, I mean, funny enough, I did do do some ska. Like uh, I played with the Toasters. Hmm. For a little while, okay. But I never crossed paths with the Bostons. That's uh, you you were saying that there was a Boston reggae scene. So so like I, I was in San Diego for a long time, and there's there's like a definite San Diego SoCal you know reggae yeah. scene going on, and you know I I was able to. I, I had fun and like I was able to work with some really cool talent down there. Some guys from like Tribal Seeds and um Did you ever work with uh, Detour Posse? Mm -hmm. I mean the Tribal Seeds drummer is is Zebby. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Detour I, I didn't I, I've never messed with them, but like I, I my band was on uh, this cat named Ian Young's label. Uh, uh, and uh, we did a couple records with him, and so I got to work with Ian, and and he was in Tribal Seeds at the time, and uh, you know he's kind of leveraging that. Uh, but but it was it you know it was great for us because it really helped us get our album off. But 
Uh, yeah, so it was really cool to be embedded in that scene and doing the Cal Roots thing and stuff. Um, I'm interested in sort of what your experience is with the Boston reggae scene because I obviously don't know anything about it because it's, I didn't. It's, it's really interesting and, mm -hmm. and uh, I guess really kind of segmented and, and, and broken up. You know, yeah. the, the Cali Roots thing is definitely um, here. Yeah. Right. Like, like it's made its way to the Northeast and the Levitate Festival. Right. It's mm. kind of based ma more around those artists and stick figure and yeah people like that. Uh, even, yeah, members of Slightly Stupid are living on the East Coast, you know. Like, that, that, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I've I've worked with Miles just when he was doing an artist. What's it? Janelle? When I was working with Janelle, she was working with Miles for a little bit. So I got to do a little recording in their studio, which is fucking really cool, dude. Uh, well, at least Miles was. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, in any case, that's interesting. I didn't had no yeah, idea that they were like all <laughs> over the place. Everybody's <laughs> scattered around, you know. You yeah. All these different band, like mm -hmm. uh, the Elevators, and and you know who are, are kind of the up and coming, you know, the, the the next rising kind of stars and okay. uh, different people. But then you have your, you know, the, Boston's my third city that I've kind of lived and played reggae in, mm. and there's always the the I always first was looking, always tried to find the indigenous kind of like West Indian kind of reggae crowd. And, and um, there is that there's like um, the conscious band and Errol strength and, and some of these veteran singers that, that uh, you can see, um, you know, in various places around town, yeah. but it's a very different crowd than, yeah. you know, the Somerville, you know, there was a big reggae kind of scene in the, uh, uh, Bull McCabe's back in the day in, in Somerville um, before it closed and there was reggae like Tuesday night, Thursday night and Sunday night. Well, that's every a good week. That's a good so, amount. So it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty solid, right? And yeah. each night kind of represented a different group of reggae, you yeah. know, like, like from the older veteran uh, West Indian artists going up and doing their night to the you know, more uh, kind of international kind of thing mix up mix up to the more of the cali roots or or yeah. or the or the kind of east coast reggae that's that's what's cool about like the east coast because you guys get more of the 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 the, the west indies uh reggae we're closer to jamaica yeah exactly you know, and, and to the islands right know. we get a lot of the hawaiian folks coming right. over and but polynesians and right. polynesians and, and there's a lot of like there's a lot of mexican rastas uh, yeah, yeah, out yeah, there right. and then uh yeah, and then and then of course the 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 wonderfully named white boy reggae scene you know but right which right, is right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very funny. Why are you? My wife is just over here, just laughing. Uh, um, the yeah, but but you know that that that's that's what the SoCal scene sort of came from is like you know Bradley Noel and uh, Sublime, and Sublime, yeah. It's so like it, it, no doubt and, and slightly stupid too, and um, so it, there is that that scene did come out of sort of quote-unquote white boy reggae or but uh it, it's definitely morphed into something really cool out there i i just or, or really love more it. out of the punk scene right yeah Wouldn't you say that was more of i of guess you're right because it was ska punk skater, and, right kind of, kind yeah. of vibe kind of morphed into like instead of just playing hardcore like because right. when i grew up like hardcore was big right like you you know dudes would like set up on the half pipe and you know play crazy you know double bass Drum music is fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mosh pits and the whole entire thing. And, and like, uh, um, but I think that eventually, like, that same music got like switched on to like reggae, mm -hmm. like that scene. Yeah. And, and that's what, what blew up and, and grew, you know, the next whatever four generations that now make up the cali roots thing which is, which is wild it's, it's cool to see man it, it really is i and it and it was it was really cool to see how much that that vibe sort of spread across the country i mean from like arizona to florida to boston you know even uh up here there's you know like there's love up here um in ohio but uh it's more like hippie stuff over here uh, Naders wants to know what your thoughts are on the Island Boys. <laughs> Their hair is out outrageous. They're, they have <laughs> stuff growing in there for sure. 
Yeah. yeah. I think they had to cut it off though, right? There's something. Not that I follow them. Obviously. I mean, I need to know, honestly, now, did they have to cut it off? All I know today is I found out that 21 Savage said that Nas is irrelevant and it pissed me off. Like, I was pissed off. I was like, how are you going to, how is 21 Savage going to say Nas is irrelevant? Irrelevant. It's like, go fuck yourself, 21 Savage. Your last album with Drake, you're riding on Drake's dick right now. And, 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 and it wasn't even a good album. Fuck that album. Anyways, uh, it got me all worked up. I, I don't know. Are, are you? I, I mean, the fun thing about reggae too is that it, it's it mixes so well with so many different genres like hip hop, and 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 the hippie scene. Like they, you, yeah, yeah. all those, all those, all it can go on all those places. Um, I don't know. Were you into hip hop at all? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and you know more more into like the tribe called quest and the conscious right like, right they lost soul when they came out epmd back in the Hell day yeah. I mean, i'm old so you know, <laughs> I'm, 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 i feel you bro i'm old too man i'm almost 40 so i feel it my body's taking it it's, yeah. it's starting to turn on me but hey but uh but yeah i, I kind of into that that like you know jazz you know when kind of hip-hop and took that jazz turn to it and you know ron carter started playing all those bass lines hell yeah ron carter man ron carter was such a g man like god damn i still i still rock that stuff it's timeless oh yeah no as soon as i heard 21 savage i i I went and played illmatic i was like fuck that dude i'm playing playing illmatic that that record is immortal it's like you, you go fuck yourself 21 savage uh, I'm sorry. That it, it pissed me off. It did. Uh, Twenty One Savage has a twelve car garage with only four cars. Well, that makes sense. That, that he has tw- he has a twelve car garage and only twelve I mean, four bars. Okay, that was dumb. I was, couldn't even get it out right. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so so you were you're you're starting the label again. You're sort of firing it back up. What does that entail? What is what it goes into that for on your end? Well, I got I got a team actually. I got a team over oh, um, sweet that, that's helping me because because that's you know again uh, wearing so many hats. The, the one hat I realized I didn't do great is the marketing and, <laughs> and all the all the social media stuff. Shit like this sucks. is my age show, so I had to I had to pull in some 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 uh, you know some unseasoned but not seasoned unseasoned in the way of age, but seasoned in the way of technology and knowing what's happening <clears throat> uh people and i really got a talented group um based out of india and Ooh. being led by this guy uh rohan uh, and robach music group out there and uh he's doing a great job you know getting the music out there getting uh people seeing it uh our lyric videos were done out there uh, so oh sorry let me get you fixed up here but this is the website and, and and this is oh, that's the one website and now there's naya records oh, okay naya records oh okay hold on hold on we're gonna naya, go there so naya rockers is the backing band which are also now we're the artists um and naya records is kind of what we're putting out I got you. Sorry, I'm doing all this on the fly, man. As I appreciate you, your patience with us. I, I appreciate you letting the people know. Hey, man, <laughs> that's what we're here for, man. We, we, no. I, I'm fucking. I, I just have like a very strong affinity for reggae and stuff too. Just, I just have. I'll just always have room for reggae artists. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't care. I mean, obviously, I have standards, but. <laughs> But so this is this is some of the artists you have on on your label. Or? Yeah, that's kind of who we worked with, and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of how we you know we can kind of shop to festivals, or you know, I sometimes people call me now and, and kind of want to know um, kind of if certain people are available, you know, and and or Kidasai, you know, I needed a music director for reggae jam, so I went out and worked with like a, this band from berlin the magic touch and you know ran his music for him oh, that's so we'll do do what we can do but yeah this is kind of the new site we got going all right and then why is that blocked off what's going on here we're, we're falling apart folks okay so this is i didn't include this in the links but if you guys uh exclamation point 
uh, NR will bring up all the links. You guys should definitely be clicking on these links. Go to their song whip. You can definitely you can hear the remaster of Naya Sound System on any of these platforms. And um, and uh, you know, go check it out. And I'm gonna drop this link in the chat as well. And if you're listening on the audio end, make sure you're taking your sweet asses down there and clicking on these links and supporting your boy here because he's he's putting out some fire. Um, so 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 you what is your what is entailed in 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 the with this label um i know you're kind of going into it but like what what do you have what it, what is your role in it and what are you doing exactly i guess uh you know i'm i'm cur- curating it mm-hmm. i'm also engineering most of it and wow. um been drumming on most of it <laughs> playing percussion on some of it playing some other instruments as well as well but but right there are my you know from the future um from the foundation to the future and roots obviously i've really dug in to kingston and, and found like the the I, who i call the architects mm. of reggae from the studio musicians to the artists you know that that made the hit songs that we all love um and then also working with you know, from that, like working with Jenna, like I know everybody's kid, you know, Addis Pablo mm-hmm. or Jamila Smith or, or, um, Asadanaki Whaler. Wow. You know, so, so now we're, I'm, I'm working with kind of the next generation and, and, uh, it's, it's kind of cool. I want to, I want to put out music where, where I'm featuring both of them in combinations, you know, uh, um, of, of the, the two generations. And, uh, yeah, you know, just kind of i don't know it's it's my own uh strange obsession with with jamaican musical collaborations i guess or or you know and reggae and and you know coming from yard is 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 really uh is where it's at for me i i guess um when i first started doing the reggae drumming i was a student of winston grennan Hmm. in baltimore when i was doing my chemistry And, and he really turned me on to in a way that that was like, all right, well, maybe I want to do this the rest of my life. You say Winston Granite? Granite. G-R-E-N-N-A-N. Oh, Granite. Okay. Yeah. And and uh, that that's him? That's the Jamaican him. drummer. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's one that was one to help create and cement the one drop rhythm. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, so I feel like, yeah, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of information passed on to me yeah. in, in, a, in a way that, that it's, you know, coming again, you know, he, he drummed on the harder they come mm. on, um, what else? Uh, he's in, on like stones, goat head soup, uh, mother and child reunion, Paul Simon, oh. he plays on, um, yeah, 54, it's, it's 54, 54, 40. Yeah, his his, his song. Pressure drop. Damn. Yeah, yeah. yeah that pressure is, drop. Dude, right? Oh, the pressure uh, drop. Hang out, eat conch chowder, and play drums while he walked around his living room playing <laughs> trombone. <laughs> Discovered them just like for like hours. I love that. That is so fucking rad, man. Yeah. Um. So so wait, he he. You worked with him, or you just this is no, someone was you a, looked it, up I to. Was, uh, in school at Loyola College in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and I was working in a reggae band, the Joe Cooper Project. Who Joe Cooper is also a, a, a studio musician from Jamaica, an mm-hmm. organist um, that worked with Scratch and all these people. And he kind of set up in um, West Baltimore, and uh, he was like, "Hey, you got to study from this guy, Winston Grennan." And so mm-hmm. he let, he linked me up with Winston, and and that was it. He said Joe Cooper. Yeah. I mean that name. There's probably yeah. Joe he's a drummer. <laughs> like, you say he was a drummer? No, he was a uh, Jamaican keyboard. Oh, okay. Uh, God, I can't spell anything. We speak English good. Um, uh, keyboard. I I love that you have such a a deep connection to um to to like the roots of all this and like it, and like you you really studied the lineage and you really like not just studied it but went and lived it and like and really learned from from like people who were there and really that that to me is 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 just um that, that's just swell i guess <laughs> like i don't know where i was going with that but i just really i really respect that that uh you know you could 
you know, there's a lot of people who who call, um, you know, like cultural appropriation, I guess, is where right. I was going. Um, you know, I, there's some cats who are back here. Uh, there's, you know, there's some cats who I, I respect the the music and stuff, but there's it's sometimes when I see like. And I don't like to say I know I hate to bring race into it, but like when you see like a white boy with dreads who's like talking a fake patois accent, mm-hmm. uh, to me that that's where it's where there's that whole parody, right? Ross yeah. Trent, right? It's already out there, you know that that people kind of do that. So I don't know. I try to look beyond that at yeah. this point. It's like religion. Like we we're talking about religion before, yeah. so. So even the whole Rastafari thing is kind of blown out. There's 12 tribes of Israel. There's Nyabingi. There's Orthodox. It's like gotten, just like Christianity, basically, right? That yeah. just starts to f- split up and fragment. And, you know, the 12 tribes, tr- 12 tribes of Israel have a bunch of Europeans and, you know, mm-hmm. white and black. And, you know, yeah. they're not strict vegetarian. They have chicken at their, their, at their thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like a different thing. And then the... The Orthodox are, you know, more in line with African and Zionism and and repatriation. And then there's the the um, Bobo Dreads who are up on Bobo Hill, and yeah, they want nothing to do unless you're an African. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that's they they that's it. That's, that. You know, that's not even that's that's uh that's the first rule. <laughs> not, you know. <laughs> that is the first rule, sir. You have to. Be. So, but and and again, like you know, everybody fits somewhere, mm. you know. And and um, what's happening with reggae and and here, it's it, it's cool, you know, because it doesn't have that like connection to like um, African and Rastafari, not necessarily, right? In in America, right? The Cali roots side of it, right? It it doesn't have to be as serious. Yeah. Right. So reggae, you know, when, when, you know, the Nepalese people wear Bob Marley shirts out, you know, in Nepal and stuff like that, because it's revolutionary music, right? They were, they're, they're there to, it represents that part, you know, there, there's no revolution going on in California, really. You know what I mean? There's nobody's, nobody's, yeah. you know, Mr. Policeman, no don't take my weed away. Yeah, right. there's, there's, there's no war in a Babylon. You know, <laughs> LA. But, you know, you could, you could, you could say that, you know, yeah, you know, that the things evolve and there's hybrids of, yeah. of everything, right? You know, yeah. I guess there'd be jazz purists, right? They're like, oh, that's not jazz. Right. Because that's an electric bass. Right. There's no such thing as you know an electric, bass. and you know then there's Jaco Pistorius, and what are you going to say? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, like, but, but, but again, it's it's where you want to take it, and, you mm. know, and and the whole idea of cultural appropriation, or you know, for me, I'm like, look, I'm a citizen of the world. I just mm. happen to be here. Yeah. I'm a product of globalization. <laughs> um, you know, like yeah. like where, however you want to read it, you know, like like my story is that people came from opposite ends of the world and met and and had me and and my purpose is just to just to continue that you know what i mean to continue to make bridges between cultures you know yeah and, um, that seems natural for me mm. it's fun you know yeah i i agree with you there um it, the the fake patois thing still gets to me a little bit not that i have any 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 uh anything to lose out of the situation but like um it it, it the idea that you know a, a certain race of people can't play a certain type of music and there's certain t- you know like no like that that's part of what i was you know talking about with america's contribution to the world in, in a sense is like when we were touring like music has always brought people together it's always brought races together i mean throughout all these different cultural revolutions uh, you know musicians and artists were all working together with white black you know brown mexican they're always taking these taking people out on the road they were always sort of working together and there was never this question of like oh he's white so he can't play that it's can he play or can they play i should say mm-hmm. not he just he and that's what i see most of all it's like when when you're backstage at these at these reggae festivals and there's Jamaicans and there's you know there's you know there's white kids there's Mexicans there's all these people they're all coming together in 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 
to celebrate this one thing, and that's just the music. And no, there's no discussions of like, hey, white boy, stop bubble skanking. That's not you. <laughs> it's like, can you do it? Are you able to yeah, do it? Yeah, do you have it with feel? Do you have it the way that we want it? Because that's really what it comes down to is like, can they play? Or not, can you speak the language? And right? can that's you speak? Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. Like you said, it's it's one thing to to do fake patois, but if you can speak patois and you can use it appropriately, mm. That's just like speaking Spanish. Or exactly. Speaking yeah. Dalek or speaking Tamil. Right. You know, it's 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 just a dialect, so to speak. And every at the end of the day, I'm always like, it's English. It's English. <laughs> you know. You yeah. Like, yeah. Fair like fair. Actually, I I learned a lot of uh um because when I was in Ethiopia, no one spoke English. So oh, wow. I learned as much Amharic in in three months as I did like studying French for like seven years. Wow. Damn. They have, so you could have like basic conversations. Yeah, conversation exactly. Yeah. Because you know, I just start watching the the kids programs in the morning. D dude, I mean, that's that, that was the best like, thing. No, to do. that's absolutely that's what my uh, when I was taking Spanish in high school, my Spanish teacher was like, if you guys really want to like learn, like just watch Sesame Street in Spanish and yeah, just right, start right, watching right. those, and, and and it'll really help you starting to get it. My my wife and my son, my son's eight, and um. He, uh, they're learn. They have this app called Duolingo, mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool. And my son's really into it because he's a he's kind of he's a gamer. So he like it, it's set up as a game, and he's sitting there learning Spanish. Listen, uh, my mom comes from Mexico. She didn't want to teach me Spanish because she didn't think I was gonna need that shit. And then I lived <laughs> ten minutes from the border in California, <laughs> where everybody's Mexican. And oh, God, I don't know shit for anything in spanish but my son is over here and he's starting to put these sentences together and and now him and my mom are going to start like talking shit about me in front of me and that's what's going to happen i just know it right, you, my better, wife you better catch up you better get your duolingo <laughs> i know man. but but i do uh i don't even know where that comes from i don't even know where i was going with that but um naders wants to know um how many drummers is too many drummers <laughs> Naders has these hard-hitting questions today. There, there, there can never be too many drummers. There it is. There's your answer, sir. We got it. We got to the bottom of that shit. We got... Um, so, yeah, the we, we have somebody who comes in here as, like, always... Um, uh, uh, you need more drums. Well, I guess we only had it once. Uh, but somebody was in here, and we had a drummer on. Who did we have on? I can't remember. But it was, like, somebody who actually worked with a lot of different, like, big artists. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was Phil Collins' son. Yeah. <laughs> it was Phil Collins' son, who who actually tours with uh, Genesis yeah, yeah, and yeah. does all that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Collins, and uh, he's asking him, he's like, "You need three drum sets." The whole fucking time he's trolling us, just about three drum sets. So now Nader's is, he's just, it's I mean, just so. inside jokes here. That's, that's just all it is here. Um, well, I, I know you said you had about an hour, so I don't want to yeah. keep you too long, man. But I, I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything that you want to, uh, you know, tell us that we should be looking for? Any upcoming releases that we should be looking for? Anything? Yeah, just, um, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel and and uh, Spotify and, and follow us on social media. Um, like I said, I got a great team, so they'll let you know when, when things are, are coming out. Uh, we'll have a mad uh professor remix coming out actually uh the juggling track is also going to be on the wu-tang uh saga so uh i don't know i forget on the next season the next season that's dope how did you guys uh how did you guys uh get get that they, they just kind of reached out um i'd kind of been working with that music supervisor for a little bit you mm -hmm. know submitting stuff and you know they're always like you know so i'm i guess they know that I work in Jamaica and they have mm. reggae. So they're kind of like, all right, send me something of a, yes. you know, nineties. Do you have this kind of reggae or that kind of reggae? So I, I, I get those kind of. And you requests. do have that kind of reggae. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> trying to build more. That's my yeah. whole motivation going down and building more yeah. now. So when, when so. do you, um do you, do you do a, like, do you, how often do you find yourself sort of reaching for like, like 
classic sounds in in production uh, do you do you do you do that or because when i listen to your guys' music i mean it, it there are classic sounds there's classics i mean yeah, like space you know, echoes and stuff uh but R- rafi what is up rafi thank you so much oh wait oh mighty mighty thank you so wait a second what is happening rafi thank you rafi <laughs> holy shit hey rafi welcome in uh, do you, uh, do you, I know I just said I was going to let you go, but I'm just curious on some of your production, production technique. Do you reach for these old sounds? Do you, do you, do you, do you have the capability of sort of making like an 80s sounding reggae track and, or do you, I, I think more in the sense of like, my, you know, what my ears tell me to play, but mm-hmm. like, I'm actually trying to perform it in that way. Mm. And, and, you know, most of my recording is beginning with, perform it like we still try to do takes with the band mm. you know where we're where we're you know we're all locked together we're we're you know feeling good about it and oh, okay. playing at a rhythm section you know uh-huh. some things i'll take apart and have to do one by one you know and i'll replace the drums or this or that but for the most part it's about you know again about playing you know yeah. it's it's and and so i think for that reason it gives it that old deal because people don't play music anymore <laughs> Yeah, it's, they, don't re- they don't record like that anymore. It's very inbox, all, you know. Yeah, if you could play like you know eight bars or sixteen bars, you're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah, it's like loop it or cut it up. Let's yeah, go. If you're trying to, you know, if we're actually like trying to write out forums and have intros and bridges, like old school, you know, like make yeah. write yeah. some music, record music, be able to perform, you know. So. Yes, yes, that that is one thing that technology has sort of uh, allowed is is the lazy musician, like you know. And I'm one of them. I'm one of them. <laughs> you know, like in, it's it, also open up the door for people to be creative, right? Absolutely, and express themselves. And, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to say it's all this or that, but I guess when it, when it comes down to appreciating one sound versus another, mm. I feel like whenever yeah like your comment alone was just like yeah it's something about your sound is yeah it's just yeah because we're still i guess going for it yeah you know it, so just, oh i'm sorry go ahead please finish. I, i'm i i'm sorry i've been interrupting you this whole time please finish your thought no i'm, I'm okay <laughs> I'm glad that we uh Naders wants to know if you guys have any vinyl he's interested in getting some vinyl off you you know i i pressed 245s mm. down in jamaica Oh, that's tough going. And uh, so I have Dang. them on me, but I can't sell them. But you know what, Naders, because you're a Nate, I will send them to you. Get, get uh, um, Mike to email me your, your info and I will I will definitely your address and I will send you some 45s. Wow. Naders, you look at you. You with all your trolley uh, questions today, you still ended up with some vinyl. Look at you. Gifted uh, vinyl. Wow, you dang, gifted vinyl. I was I you should make yeah. a pay for it. <laughs> I'll make you pay for postage. There you go. You got to pay for postage, Nader. <laughs> Naders, uh, go ahead and if you want to. That's too much. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Naders, uh, you hit me up. Um, hit me up. Give me your your address and I'll send it. Uh, I'll forward it over. Nate, thank you so much. Nathan, I'm sorry. Nathan, yeah. thank you so much for for sharing your story. Um, I open invitation. Anytime you guys got anything you want to promote or anything, to let me know or Mercedes, however you want to do it, and uh, we'll get we'll get you back on and promote. However, man. Uh, Mike, I, I thank truly you. appreciate what you guys are doing. I truly truly respect like your guys's whole whole take on what you're doing at so anytime and any way i can help just let me know thank you thank thanks for having me on thanks for 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 creating the uh you know the space for this to exist this is how it goes this is how we do all right hell yeah man